Computer, initialize Holosuite. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Random Trek Book Review, the podcast where we read, analyze, and review a not-so-randomly-selected Star Trek book or novel. My name is Andrew, and I will be flying solo this week again for RTBR, as my good buddy Matt is stuck in a turbo lift. And you know what? It might be for the best, because this week we are looking at all things Ensign Tilly. Star Trek Discovery Book Number 4, The Way to the Stars. It was released back on January 8th, 2019, and the cover features, of course, Mary Wiseman as Ensign Sylvia Tilly. It was written by Una McCormick, and the audiobook was narrated by January Lavoie. Now, if you haven't read this book yet, this podcast will be chalk-filled with spoilers, so pause now if you haven't read it and run down to the library or bookstore and pick it up. If you don't care, you've already read it, let's dig into it. This is what the back cover synopsis says. Despite being an inexperienced Starfleet cadet, Sylvia Tilly becomes essential to the USS Discovery in finding its way back home from the Mirror Universe. But how did she find the courage? From where did she get that steel? Who nurtured that spark of brilliance? It's not easy being 16, especially when everyone expects the best from Tilly. It's even harder when her mother and father are Federation luminaries pressing her to attend one of the best schools that the Federation has to offer. Tilly desires to achieve great things, even though she hasn't quite worked out yet what or how that thing will happen. This year, everything will change for Tilly as she is about to embark upon the adventure of a lifetime, an adventure that will take her ever closer to the stars. All right, as always, I will give a quick one-minute impression of the book and the general first read, as well as the ease of read and the engagement. It took me a long time to get past the first 100 pages of this book I would say I picked it up and put it down for a month, two months, before I eventually got to the 100-page mark. It kind of piqued my interest, and the last 200, 270 pages I read in the day and a half. So uh, if you can get through the first little bit, I think that this is a great read. I think that it added a lot to the Tilly character, and unlike some of the other books, which I felt didn't really add too much to the characters or to the story, I felt like once you got into the heart of this book, it told you a lot about Ensign Sylvia Tilly. All right, let's break this one down a little bit further. We'll start with the teaser. Uh, it's pretty short. It's literally two pages. It is uh, Tilly on the eve of her first day in the command training program. And Michael asks if she's nervous. Uh, Tilly says that she has some reservations about Starfleet. It's kind of a long story. And uh, Michael basically offers an ear to hear it. And that's pretty much it. Um, I think that it's kind of nice that they took the time to do at least a little bit of a tie-in to uh, the USS Discovery because the entire book takes place in Tilly's teens. So it kind of starts there and there's a little epilogue about it as well. But overall, it's really just an end cap. There isn't a whole ton on the actual Discovery. What does take place is on Tilly's 16th birthday. And uh, the beginning kind of sets up the main characters. There's, of course, Tilly. Uh, there's her overprotective, overbearing diplomat mother, who will be kind of a main theme throughout. Her sweet grandmother, Adele, uh, who lives with uh, kind of her step-grandfather, Quinn. 
Uh, and her dad is kind of introduced as a deep space um, Starfleet lieutenant. Uh, and that is mostly the beginning of the book, just setting up those relationships. Um, she's living in Paris with her grandparents because her parents are always kind of working and things like that. And she is trying to decide what school that she wants to go to. Uh, some of this early stuff is okay. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed reading about how Earth has transporters, so you could live in Paris, but you could go to school in New York and just kind of commute between. Uh, there's also kind of a section where she goes to London to kind of have her birthday lunch with her mother, so it's kind of neat that she lives in Paris, but she can go to London just kind of for lunch and then come back. So that part of it was, was interesting, and I did like that, and it set up the characters well. Essentially, the mother wants to send her to a boarding school uh, because she thinks that that's what's going to be best. She wants her daughter to be in the diplomatic corps. So she ends up getting sent off to uh, a boarding school where we meet her roommates, we meet her kind of friends, her teachers. And, and it's mostly just the first hundred pages is her just sorting this out, going to classes, meeting with people. She eventually sets up an engineering club because she doesn't seem to find there were many like-minded people around her, which is kind of a neat idea. I think that it was good to sow that engineering seed in nice and early. Uh, she joins the rowing team in order to get a bit of exercise and to again kind of keep friends because there's this whole run through the book where she has a hard time connecting with people in that kind of scene. They're all kind of very well to do, they're all for money and she has a hard time fitting in. She's really trying hard but her helicopter mom kind of keeps coming in and pushing her in a way that it's not towards her interests or what she's good at. So this part is okay. It's kind of like Harry Potter, but not as much fun. Um, it has none of the magic or the interesting characters. A lot of it's just kind of her going to class. And this inner monologue that they've kind of chosen to use is very accurate. It's 16-year-old Tilly, uh, but it's brutal to read. She's constantly doubting herself and kind of making these kind of silly, goofy jokes or comments. And it is really tough, like I mentioned, to get through that first little bit. Um, there are some decent character bits. Um, they do mention that she loves astromycology. Her mother hates it. She doesn't want her to study it. Um, but that kind of lends a little bit into kind of the spore drive stuff from the first season. Um, this is something that I wish would just kind of go away. I really don't like the astromycology stuff. I hated the spore drive. So kind of whenever this stuff comes up, it's a little bit cringe to me. But at least they took the time to at least connect the character at a teenage age showing interest in what she'll eventually end up doing when she does get to the discovery, so I did like that. Also goes in a little bit how Tilly got her name, uh, because obviously her name is Sylvia, her dad calls her Sills, but she kind of identifies more as Tilly, and when she's at the school, she really kind of pushes to go by that from her teachers and her friends. And the mother doesn't love it, and it's, again, another one of these things that runs through the book, where the mother, every time she drops in, she plays the perfect helicopter mom that keeps ruining it. She makes her leave the engineering club. She won't call her by the name that she wants to be called by. And it kind of is pushing her in a way that is, you can see that it's going to bubble over, essentially. They get to the end of the term. There's a big presentation. Uh, the presentation she puts all this time into. She isolates herself. She gets her friends mad at her. Um, the friend actually moves out, leaving her all alone. The presentation comes up and it goes horribly. She messes it up, she can't get the speech right, her hat doesn't work and falls off and things like And it's really kind of the big blow up that leads to her running away. And that leads into the second half of the book. As much as I didn't like the first hundred pages of this book, 
The next 270 pages really saved it for me. She eventually gets fed up with her mom and fed up with the school, which is exactly how the reader is feeling, and she decides to run away. So she uses some of her engineering knowledge to tinker with the tracker system, gets onto a ship, and basically escapes off-world. This is where it really gets good, uh, especially since it's a little bit of a double prong. Her mom is such a well-known diplomat that there are fears that she may have been kidnapped, and because she doesn't tell anybody, there's kind of this whole subplot where the Federation security is being brought in, and her mother's really upset, and her father needs to be notified, which is also kind of in contrast to her on this ship that she ends up stowing away on. She basically stuck there, and there's a constant dripping that's happening in one of the, the panels, so she decides to fix it. And while she's stowed away on this ship, she's kind of sneaking around, fixing things behind the crew's back. Uh, it's great, I think, anyway, because it shows that she loves fixing things and that she eventually wants to get into engineering, which we know she eventually does. She's found out by the captain and a woman named Sala, who um, kind of takes her under her wing, which I thought was kind of a neat thing. Uh, they end up working on the ship together because there's lots of back orders and lots of back things to do. But the captain's really none too pleased that she was stowing away, so she makes her get off at the next planet. So there's this little, you know, three, four day, uh, maybe a week long, where the ship is traveling, and she makes this relationship with Sala, who, after kind of having all the friend problems at the school, it's nice to see that she's able to kind of make a connection of some sort. She gets to an off-world, and she's setting up her kind of new life that she's going to make a go of there. She meets some people, they get along well, and then Grana shows up, and Dad shows up. So uh, once they show up, it kind of is shown how much of a kind of grave situation this was, and they bring her upon her dad's ship, and they decide that she maybe is best to stay there for a little bit. Again, I like this because it shows that she maybe is destined for a starship, and it's kind of her first foray into what Starfleet is all about. She constantly talks throughout the beginning of the book how she hates Starfleet and it kind of broke up her, her parents and made her dad live away and she was always closer to the dad so she doesn't really love Starfleet and she makes sure to say that a lot at the beginning of the book and then once she's on the dad's ship she starts to see the other end of it. Especially when the captain, which is uh, Captain Holden, sets her up in engineering and she makes some really great friends. It's the first time in the book where you really see her fitting in for real. They're doing board game nights and she's kind of working there as an apprentice kind of thing and uh, things are seemingly going well for Tilly. It seems like she's kind of turned the page. Um, there's a couple of close call action scenes. There is um, kind of a run-in where the shuttle uh, is losing oxygen and she kind of sees you know the perils of Starfleet that it, you have to you know you're explorers you have to have some risk while you're out here uh, and then there's another bit where an alien on a planet um, kind of entraps her dad and an archaeological team and of course she is uh, able to communicate with it because of that project that she flubbed back in the first half. That part is a little bit eh, on the nose, but I kind of just went with it because I was enjoying the story and enjoying kind of seeing a science vessel in Starfleet that really is just doing science with a lot, without a lot of the action and the battling. Eventually, she kind of, uh, you know, gets close enough to Captain Holden that Captain Holden suggests that maybe she should try going to Starfleet Academy, and she even goes so far as to say that she would give her her full recommendation, which was kind of a nice touch. Uh, but the only thing she needs to get past is 
the mother. And uh, so it kind of culminates into uh, kind of a conference call where she's telling her mom that she's going to join Starfleet. The mom is beside herself, of course, because she always had aspirations that Tilly would do the same thing that she did with the diplomatic corps of being a diplomat. But she's pretty steadfast that she's going to join Starfleet Academy. That's where her people are. She's interested in math and science, and that's what she wants to do. Which, uh, I mean, maybe it was a little bit obvious because we already know how this ends, but I thought that it was kind of a nice way to show how do, does somebody decide that they want to join Starfleet uh, and what is that story. So we do get that here, and I think that it was uh, pretty well done. Uh, you do kind of get a very tiny epilogue as well where Tilly gets to resolve some feelings about her parents and her parents' divorce. Uh, which was, again, just kind of a nice little tie back. And, of course, it tied back to the beginning on the Discovery. So it's the night before she is going off to the command training program. She phones her dad and kind of gets some closure on those things, which I thought was a nice way to do it. Uh, there's also a nice little bit as well where she writes to all the people that we've met throughout the story. So she writes to Sally, she writes to Rosera, her roommate, and kind of just apologizes for the way that she acted. And you get a little bit of closure on that as well. Alright, let's take a look at the cast of characters. Of course, the main character is Tilly. I think that Tilly starts off super annoying and very difficult to read, and as the story goes along, she becomes a little bit more of a sympathetic character. And we actually learn quite a bit about why Tilly joins Starfleet, why she is the way that she is, and we get a lot of really good character bits. Um, the only thing that I don't love is the inner monologue that they've chosen to use for Tilly. Um, I'll read you a little bit of it and you'll get kind of a sense of what I mean. Sweet 16, thought Sylvia Tilly, glancing at herself in the mirror. Her mouth twisted at the sight. Pale face, long red hair, curls. Stupid, impossible, annoying curls. She tugged at one, which promptly fell into her eye. Did I mention stupid? What do you do with curls like this? They won't do what they're told. They have a mind of their own. It wasn't like Sylvia hadn't tried. Down, curls. Stay straight. Stay sensible. Do the right thing. Here's another little excerpt talking to her overbearing mom, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Oh, it's Siobhan talking again. And the problem with that? Well, you might give yourself the giggles. And if there was one thing that mom didn't like, it was the giggles, particularly when she was talking. Sylvia, said Siobhan, pausing for breath, could you do something about that ringlet on your face? It's very distracting. Sorry, Mom, muttered Sylvia. She started tugging at the curl, trying to fix it. You know, sweetheart, said Siobhan, if you tried fiddling less with your hair, it would probably be less unruly. Gee, Mom, I'm so glad you called. Ah, oh, that's better, said Siobhan. Now, let's take a look at these grades. So, like I said, it's not that it's unrealistic. I think that these are probably the kinds of thoughts that Tilly actually has. It's just really disjointed, and it's really difficult to read when it's constantly jumping back and forth between this inner monologue. Luckily, she turns the corner. I think that uh, Tilly in the second half of the book becomes a much better character. She starts to kind of get interested in fixing things. She starts to become more useful. She gets her kind of priorities straight and she gets her voice. And so she's not always constantly uh, wondering what she should be doing. She starts to get a sense of uh, what her purpose is. And once that happens, she finally becomes a character that's a bit more likable. And I think to a certain extent actually gives you some insight as to the character on the TV show, which is what I've been saying these books should be about. Um, these books should give you something that tells you that, something about the character that the show won't give. 
Next up is Tilly's mom, Siobhan. We've already talked about how she is a super important diplomat. She's a picture-perfect helicopter mom, and she plays the part perfectly. Uh, in this book, she almost is like the villain in a way, weird way because it's Tilly's mom, but she shows up at inopportune times and is constantly pushing her in a direction that she doesn't want to go into, and that makes her kind of hateable, but in a very realistic way. And uh, you really get the sense that this is kind of a rich, important woman who has uh, only one daughter, and she really is kind of trying to do the mother thing from afar just by kind of swooping in um, as the helicopter mom. And again, it, it's played to perfection. Even if you don't like her, you can totally see those kinds of people in the real world and makes it a relatable character. Uh, Tilly's dad, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. He's a super laid-back archaeologist who works for Starfleet. Uh, he has the rank of lieutenant, and he is much, much, much more sympathetic towards uh, Tilly and is kind of her beacon of hope. Anytime that he ever phones or uh, interacts with her, you can just see that she really kind of uh, is drawn to him. She's kind of a daddy's little girl uh, kind of situation, which again, I, I think adds to that character. We learn a little bit more about her, and I think that that's a good thing. That's what I want from these kinds of books. Um, her grandmother, Adele, and stepfather, Quinn, they are just kind of like the lovely caretakers. They're your pretty typical grandparently figures, um, but they kind of have a way with them as well. They are uh, you know, experienced enough that whenever they are in a scene or when they're interacting with people, they just kind of know the perfect way to, to interact with them and they just kind of know what to say and when. They seem to be kind of caring for Tilly as well, but they don't really want to push their parenting onto Siobhan's kids, so they're always playing the mediator, the moderator kind of situation, and they do it well. Uh, Tilly has a bunch of friends at the school, uh, but her roommate is Rosera, uh, which again is your typical roommate character. Uh, pretty plain. Um, you kind of have at least some sympathy because Tilly can be super annoying at times, even by her own admission, which I actually thought was a good idea, was just to admit that this character has some annoying tendencies and to kind of lean into them. Uh, she drives the roommate away at the kind of end of the big blow-up, uh, just because she's so particular about the way that the dishes are done and the way that the room is kept. And eventually, Rosera just can't take it anymore and moves out. Um, so it plays a part, and she definitely has a kind of section where you see that Tilly has a hard time making friends, especially friends that are in that world, that you know, super privileged world that Tilly is part of herself but just doesn't really fit in on. When she does leave the school, she runs into uh, kind of that Mrs. Fixit, whose name was Sala, takes her under her wing. There's not really a lot to her. She's not really a huge part of the book, but she is kind of the first person that treats Tilly with a little bit more respect and uh, sees her value as somebody who could fix things, as somebody who can problem solve, and that's the part that she plays in the book. Lastly is Captain Holden. They do a really good job of kind of showing her as a laid-back captain. She goes out of her way, out of her schedule to pick Tilly up at one point, which was uh, nice to see. She did uh, Ian a favor. And she is kind of always seen as like this really laid-back, cool person who is constantly helping the crew and working towards making sure that they're getting the best out of what they're hoping to do in their dreams and things like that. So um, that part was nice. Uh, I think that her giving her recommendation for Starfleet was pretty obvious or 
uh, at least in the, when you're reading it, it becomes quite obvious. But I liked that because it's very similar to when Nog was trying to get Cisco's recommendation or when Wesley was trying to get Picard's approval. We've seen it before, but it's a very Star Trek thing. And it worked really nicely here because it seemed like the most obvious thing for everybody. Finally, some production and trivia pieces from The Way to the Stars. There's not a ton of stuff, but it is interesting that Tilly's mom shows up in the short trek Runaways, and she's still very critical of Tilly's decision to be in Starfleet, and you see some of that uh, friction between the two of them. I went back and watched it, and after reading the book and having a little bit of an idea of their relationship, I think it added to it a lot, and I like that it wasn't as if the mother just changed her mind because she decided to go to Starfleet. She's still the same kind of critical helicopter kind of mom that Tilly's now an ensign and she's grown up. She never stopped really being that same character, which I thought was good. Um, it's also mentioned in the second season episode, Project Daedalus. Uh, Tilly has a kind of a throwaway line that she went through a rebellious phase and uh, mentions a scenario very similar to this where she hacked her way out of school. Um, the book came out before the episode, but I think that maybe uh, you know there was conversation and that line was put in there maybe to kind of uh, sell the book. A nice little tie to the show, and uh, I didn't notice it when I watched that episode, but again, I do like that kind of little bit of continuity. Uh, in terms of some other things, uh, there's also a movie, a uh, British war drama from 1945 with the same name. Not much interest there. Uh, there's some tech stuff that doesn't really sync with uh, the time period. Tilly and her father like to go on walks in the holodeck, but of course, if this is pre-original series, they didn't have holodecks yet. Uh, I didn't mind it because it was such a throwaway thing, but I felt like it was just a little bit lazy to not kind of fact check that and nobody noticed that, you know, holodecks don't exist at this point. But other than that, I thought that uh, the tech pretty much lined up with what we're used to from this time period. The book is also broken down into seasons, so it starts in the fall, goes into the winter and the spring and finally the summer. Uh, it doesn't really make a ton of sense once she leaves the school. I think that the fall and winter made sense because it kind of separated the term. But then once she leaves, they still do that. And I guess maybe it's supposed to represent the fruits of spring or, or coming into her own or, or blossoming or something to that effect. But I didn't really think that it was necessary to break up the book in that way. In terms of mem memorable scenes or quotes or anything like that, I felt like the best part was once she got out of the school and onto the Starfleet vessel, especially since it was a science vessel. It wasn't tons of fighting and action. They were doing research stuff, which was really great to see. And they were very steadfast on the reason you join Starfleet is to explore. It's because it's following something you love, whether that's mushrooms or ruins or battle you join Starfleet and Starfleet has something for everybody so that was probably my favorite part of the book um, in terms of the book as a whole I guess as a final thoughts and a rating out of five Federation schools I'm surprised I really was uh, when I first started the book I could barely get through it I think I even mentioned to Matt that I didn't think that I was even gonna finish it because it was just so slow and so trotting and so boring but once it picked up, it got really good. We learned a lot about Tilly. We learned all about her family. We learned why she likes engineering. We learned why she likes astromycology. And we learned why she joined Starfleet in the first place. 
And I mean, to a certain extent, why she eventually goes on to do the command program, which was such a running theme throughout the show. So as much as I didn't like the beginning, I'm still going to give it four out of five Federation schools. It ended up being my favorite Discovery book so far, and I'm hoping to get more of this because I've already kind of read a little bit that the Enterprise War is quite good with Spock and Pike and everything like that, so I am pretty excited for next time on RTBR when we look at Star Trek Discovery, The Enterprise War. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Well, I mean, there's no COVID-19 in 2370-something. No, but you don't know what Tuvakian germs he has. Oh, he, he might might be a carrier. I don't know. I just thought <laughs> it was gross. I'd have just used the spoon. I'd he carries like... the pond far. <laughs> Oh, Neelix with Ponfar. Neelix with Ponfar, Suzanne. Why have you just made this something that's in my brain? Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast. We get kind of that funny little bit where he's got the relationship book, and I guess maybe they're foreshadowing a little bit of, you know, future, you know, hunk Odo. <laughs> The, the, like, romance book was hilarious. He had a funny line. I forget what it was exactly now. I didn't write it down. I only read three chapters. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was pretty good. And they definitely do this. When they have kind of a heavy, deep episode, they'll sometimes put a little bit of a joke or, or something light off the top. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.